0: Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Oh, man. We are glad that you are here. You are the brave ones. Come on. I'm going to tell you this, though. Uh, Perspective is everything. I have a pastor friend who is in Canada They had like 12 and a half inches of snow, and it's negative 35 today. So uh, get out your sunblock. You know what I'm saying? We're feeling good today. Uh, but no, seriously, we're glad that you're here. Uh, I, I just always love January. I feel like January is a time to kind of reset us, reset us spiritually. And, and we need to be reset. There needs to be moments in our life when we kind of dial in and get really focused on what God has for us. Um, If you're going to step into a deeper relationship with God, it requires eating. God has a banquet table and He asks us to come and partake in the things, listen, that He has for us Eating produces hunger. If you don't spiritually eat, you aren't spiritually hungry. It's different than our physical nature. Our our physical appetite, uh, nobody has to tell you when you're hungry or when you need to eat, but your spiritual appetite, uh, it it comes as you eat. You get more hungry. John chapter 6 verse 35 says this, And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life, okay? So, so, so can I just talk to you a little bit? There is nothing else in the world that feeds life. Everything else takes it. So you can supplement it, but you're never gonna be fed on life if you skip the bread, okay? All right, look at this. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. Let me give you one more verse as we set up the context of what we're going to discuss today. Matthew chapter 7, 21 and 23. Not everyone who says to me, this is kind of a a power verse. This is probably not the one that you have tattooed on your inner thigh. This is probably not the one that you send out at Christmas. You know what I'm saying? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Can we just pause? Is that scary? Is that concerning? Like when how do you how do you rationalize that in your mind when you hear Jesus was the one that said that? Then he goes deeper. Look at this. But the one who does the will of my father, if you are. Taking notes today, and you all should. Uh, don't miss what God is saying. Take notes. Pull out your phone. Get a journal. Uh, it's a new year. Learn. I can't tell you um, how many journals I have, and every year I start over with a new journal, and then I go back. I go back, and I'm like, "Okay, God, what did you tell me here? Am I doing what you told me the last time?" You know, I'm like, "I," because we get busy and we get focused on the next problem but miss sometimes the principles that he gives us. So learn. If you are looking at your Bible or pulling up your Bible on your phone, the word will should stand out to you. This is the biggest misconception in the church, especially the, the, the Western church here in America, And even, I would say, um, in great places of faith that that begin great movements, uh, Europe, will. Many on that, uh, but the one who does the will, everybody say will, of my Father who is in heaven on, look at this, on that day. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. That's a statement. We are in such a crazy season in our life, in the world, that, that... That um, to say something truthful is often misconstrued as abuse. Now, can I just tell you this? Truth can be abusive. Okay? We can all walk to everybody and you can run up to someone and say, I saw you texting your family during the preachers preaching. What's wrong with you? And that's true. You can walk. You can run up to someone and say, "Hey, you know, how's your, your health's not that great." You're, you can. I mean, you can be truthful and rude. Everybody understand that? And so, our concept that that we kind of govern our church on is truth without love cripples people. Love without truth keeps them infants. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Okay, so truth. Without any love, you will hurt more people than you help and you will will posture yourself on a place of righteousness and you will say, "I I am the one that needs to fix everybody else and you'll miss yourself. Okay? Love only... Well, we got just the church should just love everybody. And absolutely we love everybody. Absolutely. We understand that everybody has a struggle, a past, a background, a brokenness, a context that we don't understand. A dad, a mom, a, a life. And we love people. And so we bring them in. The Bible says it's the kindness of God. Listen, listen, come on, that draws us into repentance. It's the kindness of God. That draws us in. In other words, you know who I really am and you still want me. Not, you know who I really am and you condemn me and push me away and push me down. You actually, God believes that the best place for you is near Him. So He draws. So, so, but then all of that has to have the anointing moments when something turns on where you move from the church from fidgeting and moving and kind of dialing in every couple of minutes and I'm not I'm not judging I'm not even shaming I'm just saying the reality is we all have things that we're dealing with even right now but somehow something clicks in you and you got it. And you leave different. And that right there is not just like a random moment. It wasn't because I I got better three minutes in with communication. It it wasn't because that joke really landed. It was because the Spirit of God is moving. And all of a sudden, it's connecting with something that you've been longing for but could not communicate. Come on, y'all not helping me. Your hands will be warmer if you slap them. (laughs) Life change happens when you desire to please the Lord and it moves from, listen to this, occasional to continual. From your will to, come on, say it, This is salvation. This is the very definition of salvation. It is a changed will. Well, you're going to have to prove that to me. Okay, let's do it. Genesis chapter 4. This was in our soap guide. I hope you're reading this week. Genesis chapter 4, 6 and 7. And the Lord said to Cain, so let me set this up. There are two brothers, two sons from Adam and Eve, the first family. Abel gives a correct offering, and Cain gives what he wants. If you go back and read it, he doesn't give what is first. He doesn't give what is best. It says in the process of time, in other words, he determined what he wanted to give at the time he wanted to give it. Are you with me? The Lord said to Cain, why are, you, why are you angry? Why are you mad? You better stop. Why are you mad? Why has your face fallen? You, you, don't tell, well, I'm fine. You're not fine. We all know you're not fine. You're mad. Your face is droopy. Your eyes look sad. You're stoved up. If you do well, this is God talking, will you not be accepted? Like, do you think that I like your brother more than I like you? Do you think that there is favoritism happening right now? And if you do not do well, listen to this, lean in. Sin is crouching at the door and its desire is contrary to you. And you must rule over it. Stop. Breathe. Don't make me don't make me do my nineties collaborating. Listen. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 I just can we stop for a second? We have this idea. Just, life is so hard and we can't rule over anything. We can't rule over our mind. We can't rule over our sex. We can't rule it's a it's just, I just no medication. It is fair to say you don't want to. It is unfair to say you w- You can't. God doesn't put us in impossible situations, and he doesn't create us with, with the idea we can't. So if you believe that, you have to dive deep into your worldview and there is pain, hurt, or something that was disconnected because you're operating off of something that's not truthful. Look at this. God is saying, yo, if you give into this, sin's gonna come through and you're gonna move contrary. In other words, if you want to go celebrate the Dallas Cowboys today, because they're going to squash the love, come on, someone, Like if you're going that, if you're going to Dallas, the quarterback of the uh, Green Bay Packers is called love. Okay, so, so, so if you're going to Dallas, and that is your plan you can't go to kansas city but we have churches that are like i just am mad at god yeah i made commitments to go to dallas but kansas city is not dallas Kansas City is Kansas City. Dallas is Dallas. If you come here and say you want more of God, when you leave and you walk out the door and you start your car, are you going where you say you're going or are you going somewhere different? It's contrary. If you do your will, it's contrary to what is best for your life. Let's go a little bit deeper. Maybe you missed this part in the soap guide, but Genesis chapter 4, 13 and 14 reveals the heart of Cain. Because when you read the story, we all read it from a humanistic point of view. We don't read it with spiritual eyes. We read it with human eyes. And we read it going, how could God act that way to Cain? Because somewhere, someone in your life Got bullied or corrected too hard or missed some points of view. And we read our context into the Bible. That's why you have to read the Bible so much you remove your context. God doesn't want your context. God doesn't want it. He doesn't need it. And that's why we have a pope that is openly embracing homosexuality. I'm not against homosexuals. I'm against the sin. Because you begin to create your own context and your own narrative. And God's like, yo, I so I, I gathered the sea. I told the sun where to go. I am the creator. And if you think that your opinions are actually the thing that's going to move me, you're wrong and that's actually... Actually, idolatry. It's an abomination. You, you don't have to like it, but if you don't change it. So I'm not saying to you, let's all get mad at everybody and post hateful things. You're missing it. I'm not talking to everybody else. I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to your cousin. I'm not talking to your family member. I'm talking to you. Come on, hear me. This, this will help you. Look at this. Genesis 4, 13 and 14. And Cain said to the Lord. So so Cain did not listen. He rebelled and he killed his brother. And God's like, what'd you do? And God begins to punish Cain. And and he gave him this punishment. And here was Cain's response. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground. What? 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 This lets you know where Cain's heart was. Cain's heart. Cain had regard for God, but God was not first. What was first? The ground. What he did with the ground. It was him. You're telling me there's only a few people on the earth. Like the proximity in the story has been very, very close. You've already heard what happened to your mama and your daddy. It's not like we got a million people in northwest Arkansas and you're like, oh, I'm trying to get a Krispy Kreme donut and the line's so long. It's like mama, daddy, brothers, just a few people. And I'm having a conversation with God and I'm like, dang it. Why didn't you do this to me? Because now I can't even work the ground. Not like, I am so sorry. I repent. My heart has been far from you. I want your presence more than I want weeds or fruit or ground. And so his selfishness, his, come on, the idolatry in his heart was coming back even after he had been given the punishment. And From your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. No one's going to like me. If they find me, they're going to kill me. And what's the me, 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 me? and churches are full of people who have regard for God but the only theme and anthem that's in their heart is i love me some me i pledge allegiance to me my my my, my theme music is me me and so when i someone takes my chair i don't know if i want to go to that church anymore if the w- w- music's too loud i don't know if i want to go to that church if i don't like my life group leader if i don't believe in everything about and that me and here's what I am telling you be very careful. The way we please the Lord is that we continually come to the table and we eat. We surrender our will, come on somebody, to His will again and again and again and again and again and again. And again. My assignment today is eat again. Eat again. When's the last time you've eaten? When's the last time you've come to the table? When's the last time you've said, "God, what what do you want to what do you want from me now?" Studies reveal that eating six meals a day is actually better than three bigger meals. There's no denying that our body needs food. Smart eating and uh continual eating is better than occasional eating. I don't know if you've seen the meme where it's like intermittent fasting is really just intermittent eating. You know what I'm saying? Like, some of y'all are like, I don't get it. I just <laughs> laugh because everybody else is laughing. It's fun. It is funny. The, the, um, the verse that we read in Matthew 7, if I can just go back to that real quick, It actually tells us your gifts don't get you into heaven. Your ministry, listen, doesn't get you into heaven. Our works don't get us into heaven. What makes us known and gives us access to heaven is surrendering our will to his will. And this is more than just rehearsing a prayer. It's surrender. Does that make sense? It's surrender. Many people are doing with God like our kids do at Christmas when they get a Christmas card. They open it up, see what's inside of it, are excited about the gift, but never read the card. We're not denying that it's a free gift. We're just asking, do you understand the gift you were given? And do you understand the cost that comes with it? January is a time when we intentionally, listen, surrender to God. We're asking our congregation to refocus their attention on God. This is our seek week. And so we're asking each of you to fast something. Fasting is replacing of food for spiritual nourishment. It's giving up distractions for spiritual deposits. It's regulating those lesser desires for more of God. Your spiritual condition is a reflection of your personal choices. Come on. God loves you, and he's preparing something good for you. Eat again. So real quick, I want to give you three uh, ways that you can eat again this week. Are Are you with me? Are you good? Are we learning? Here's the first one. You got to get into proximity. You got to get into proximity. Uh, you, you made a great decision to come to church today. But this is more you your attendance and your, you being here is more than a winning decision. It's a dietary decision. Here at the house, we don't believe that just showing up to church it gives you a just a good moral lesson. This is a place that before you walked in, what preceded you coming is prayer and fasting and truth and love and sacrifice and building faith in in our leaders and people and, and transformation in order so that you can have an encounter with, come on, listen, Jesus. There's something cooking here. It's called transformation. We don't want to be an event that you attend. We want to be this this crock pot that God begins to put in your life, and there is a seasoning that comes out, and over a long period of time, you begin to be different. The worship team is, is ready, the teams are prayed up, and if it's never gone, if church has never gone differ, deeper for you than a, a, a traditional attendance. you're actually missing something. You're missing something. I, I'm not, I love that you're here, but it's like, have you ever had a conversation with your kids and they're so adamant, but they've missed like a whole concept? And you're like, it doesn't work that way. Life doesn't work that way. The church doesn't work that way. So, So for us, you need proximity for all of us. Listen, have you ever been driving by some plant or and got a whiff of something that was bad? Like you just, oh, oh. Or like you drive over a skunk and everybody's like, oh, close your mouth, Whoa. Oh. It's like you got a whiff of, and it changed the environment in the car. But on the same token, have you ever gone by a restaurant? Like you, you're, you didn't even know you were hungry and all of a sudden you're like, oh, dang. Oh dang. Oh it's good. Woo. Uh, uh, mouth uh, watering. Uh, uh, yeah. This is, I smell it. It's like in 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 every orifice, ah, uh, this is good. That's how church should be when when you come in. there, sh- there should be this this change that there's something inviting in this atmosphere. And if you can't smell it, something's going on with you. Come on. And I will say this, if you can't continually smell it, something may be going on with us. But the truth of the matter is, God changes the environment. We want you to be drawn to the presence of God. God. That's why church matters. That's why you, you want to discipline yourself to be like, listen, I'm going to be here because there's something cooking and it is challenge and conviction and encouragement and faith. And, and we, these moments when we gather together should cause you to hunger. Come on, listen, for more of God. What we're doing here is more than an activity. It's an encounter. But you got to get into Proximity. You gotta get into proximity. You gotta get close. For pastor appreciation, uh, a month, Katie and I got a gift card to Ruth Chris. <laughs> Thank you, all of y'all who gave that to us. Listen, it was good. Fre- I mean, food is fresh. It's a great environment. The plate, y'all know the plate is hot. The plate is. I don't know where Mr. Christ is, but the reality is. The plate is at, at a temperature that allows the steak to and, and every time we eat there, we love it. Um, but there's a real reason that we don't go to Ruth Chris every Friday. How many of y'all know pulling up to Ruth Chris ain't like pulling up to Wendy's? <laughs> Why? It's expensive) <laughs> It costs, and, and it costs time, it costs money, it costs energy, you know what I'm saying? I can only do it once or twice a year because we have to get prepared, we have to get ready. You have to make a reservation, that means you have to be on time. That means I have to walk in my spiritual gift of patience. When you go to Ruth Chris, there there isn't like all these pre-cooked steaks in the kitchen. It's not fast food. God's people are visiting the table of the Lord like it's Ruth Chris. It's great. It's so good. I'll be back next year or next conference. I'll come back when I need a special moment from God. You need to eat. Come on, listen, proximity, it matters. Here's the second thing is if you're gonna eat again, so we talked about proximity. Here's the second thing is you've got to remove the junk. When God's people eat spiritually, they are consuming the nature of God. We are all eaters, everybody eats. You can eat junk or you can eat clean. Unknowingly, we fill ourselves up on junk and it affects our heart, our soul, come on somebody, and our mind. When we overindulge in the world's junk, we invite, listen, pride and sin and strongholds into our life. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 through 5 says, though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, but of divine power to destroy, come on, listen, strongholds. We destroy arguments and lofty opinions raised against the knowledge of of God. Here is what I want you to know. You're going to argue with God. You're going to argue with truth. Your opinion and your your background and your preference is going to come to God. And even though you may not willy, f- fully understand it, you will want God to submit to you. But he doesn't. And in order to stay in right relationship, you will have to take every thought captive. This tells us that we got to remove the junk. Thoughts that argue against the wisdom of God. Well, I don't know why that. I don't know why. It doesn't matter. Everybody can do whatever. that. I don't know. I got all that. But I'm just telling you, is there an argument in your heart and in your mind against what God has said? Because I wouldn't want to learn another concept until I got deep on that one. Junk opinions that are against the knowledge of of God. We cast down, the Bible says, every vain imagination. we got to remove the junk if we want to eat. Listen, we've got to take every thought captive. I don't know, but you don't have better thoughts than the person sitting next to you. You just hide them. I don't have better thoughts than you. I just hide them. And so it's only in the presence of God that I am able to go, here is what I'm really thinking. Here is why I'm really mad. Here is why I'm really frustrated. Here is why I'm really offended. Here is why that doesn't make sense to me. And I begin to go to God and I begin to change my will to his will. Come on, does this make sense? Let's run a a quick calorie count on what we're consuming and see what it's producing in our lives a couple of years ago i I went to the doctor and he he ran some tests and he encouraged me he said i think a diet change would be good for you and i was like okay he's like let's go mediterranean and i was like who what is that what is that and he was like you know hummus After I found a new doctor, (laughs) dang it, he said the same thing. He said, once you move away from fried food in order to live better and longer, this week let's evaluate our diet. Your spiritual well-being is determined by your hunger for God. One of the ways that we do this, listen, is by fasting. Fasting. Fasting isn't for the super spiritual. It's for those who are hungry for more of God. The, here is Jesus' take on fasting. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. Again, we read this in our soap guide. Is And when you fast, don't look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. The idea is Jesus is like, y'all, I mean, when you fast, like, like you, like you're going to. Like it doesn't say when you want to. It says like uh, like when, when when you do that. Duh. Come on, dads. Like you you have the, your wonderful son or daughter. And they're 18. They're becoming an adult, and they have a car issue. And you're like, did you check your oil? I mean, did, like when you check your when when you check your oil. I don't check my oil. I don't believe in that. I'm at adi- I, I I am adamantly against oil. And until they come up with an oil free everything. I don't even have time to go into that. I don't brush my teeth. I don't believe in it. When you brush your teeth. Well, I just just believe that that is uh, so controlling. That's only an invention by society. It's only a ploy so that dentists can make more money. I mean, we really know. But everybody who talks to you. And you're like, why are you so distant? Hey! And they're like, oh, hey! Hey! Come on, listen. Jesus was like, when you fast, not if you fast. Fasting is an outward expression of the inward commitment to pursue God. It is a way of worshiping and praising God. It intensifies your time of prayer. It helps us focus on God. It is a spiritual discipline that begins to grow. Come on, our faith. It brings power, listen, into your life. Fasting is spiritual warfare. It provides a breakthrough. Jesus even told us some demons don't, they don't, they don't, they don't leave without prayer and fasting. It, it's to remove the junk. Fasting brings the favor of God on your life, and it begins to open doors that you feel like have been shut. Let's eat again. Slow down so that we can hear from him, and I'm asking you to start a fast. Now, obviously, if you're new to this, there's various forms and times and links, but I would encourage you to join our corporate fast. Here's the last one. You good? All right. Here's the third one. So the, the first was, you have to get in proximity. The second is, you have to start removing the junk. And the third is, you don't have to dig in. In order to, to be full, you gotta eat. And when you don't eat, you don't grow. Our, I'm gonna say a hard statement, then let me explain it. Our flesh loves to lie. I know that sounds hard, but give me a second to, to unpack this. God gave the children of Israel commandments when, when they left Egypt, during the exodus of Egypt. If you want to go back, you can read that in Exodus. But but the people had been governed, listen, by authority, and they had been beaten down, and they were slaves. And and their order came from who was over them. God said, I'm going to free you, but we're removing the hardness of man, and I'm going, to, I'm going to put in the Ten Commandments and many other principles that will govern you so that you can live free. Because if you live by my will, you will experience incredible freedom. Everybody understand that, okay. One of the commandments that God gave is, "Thou shall not lie." Deception comes easy. Just because we know a concept does not mean we are practicing it. We lie. We say the Bible is true, and I believe everything that it says. But when we dive deeper, and someone asks, "How many days in a row have you read the Bible?" Well, that's when it gets real, and, and then here's, here's what always happens next, defensiveness and excuses. Well, you know, I've been sick. You know, our, crazy, our schedule is really crazy, and, you know, it's just like God knows, you know, he knows my heart. I know, I know, I know, I need to get back in. I, I try to read it. I just don't understand it. Do we do that with anything else? Like I, I tried to do math. <laughs> I tried to do marriage. I tried to do, I tried to raise these kids. I just don't understand them. (laughs) Like do, do we do that with anything else? Do we do that with our occupation? Hey, we're going to get, here's our expectations. Here's the contract. Will you sign that? I I just, I just don't understand. It's really hard. Is the Bible about your will or his will? Matthew chapter five, verse six, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. And here is what I'm asking you to lean into this concept because I know that today might be challenging. Are you satisfied? Like I'm not talking about in this moment because you're going to get to go to your favorite restaurant. I'm not talking about in this moment because you're with friends. I'm not talking about this moment, because, you know, the cowboys are probably going to win. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, listen, like when you lay your head down at night and you you begin to think about life, are you satisfied? You can't live without eating. And we can't live without God. And so I'm asking you, listen, to dig in so that breakthroughs can happen, faith can happen, forgiveness can happen, confidence can happen, health can happen, maturity can happen. And you've got to dig in and eat, come on, listen, what God is serving. And I know based on church background and history and all of that, some things are hard to chew. Like it's hard. I remember when we would move our babies from milk, and the Bible says that you got to get used to the milk, You got to get used to the bread you got to get used to the meat you got to get used to the honey In other words, you've got to get used to some things and I would remember they would have texture issues And it would all come out of their mouth and i'm like no, no, you're gonna like it. You just don't know it yet you know like And that's how some of us are in church It's like I don't know if i've ever heard that or that feels this or that I don't know you just want to reject it. But god is like Listen I'm doing something deeper than you even think. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And I remember when I would go visit Katie before we got married and go to her house. They ate different than we did. In my house, there was always a Coke open. Come on, somebody. We always had a two liter and some Coke in the fridge. Ah. If there wasn't coke in our house, something was wrong. i can go to her house, open the fridge, water, cranberry juice, and this weird organic light stuff that they're all like, oh, it's so good, and I'm like, it's not good at all, you crazy sick people. And and I'm like, y'all are are sick and crazy. And she's like, actually, we're hardly ever sick. Use that if you want to. (laughs) While I'm popping an antibiotic. My, My point is this, that you cannot come to God and not change. He doesn't want some of it. He wants all of it. And so here, Ben, y'all can go ahead and come out. Let me land the plane. Here's the takeaway. Your spiritual well-being is determined by your hunger for God. You're eating something right now, and you don't even know it. You're eating lies. You're eating offense. You're eating it has to be my will. You're eating control. Come on, you're eating racism. You're eating criticism. You're eating something and you don't even know you're eating it so this is why listen we seek the Lord y'all can go and take my stuff because seeking God is not the end goal hear me look at me real quick the Bible says that if you seek God you find God okay You find God and you begin to know God and once you know God you begin to enjoy God you cannot enjoy God if you do not know him and you do not seek him so that's why we spend a a month going I need to seek the Lord I've been seeking uh, um, friends. I've been seeking occupation. I've been seeking advancement. I've been seeking uh, people here in my side of the story. I've been seeking all of these things. And guess what? I'm not as lively in my spirit, come on somebody, as I need to be. And when I go to God, I love him, but I'm not enjoying him. You're not seeking. You're not knowing to enjoy some people you can high five and be surface and you can slap some high fives walking in and out but we are under no lie that it takes time at the table and laughing and playing a few games for us to know you but if you don't seek a friend you don't know a friend you don't Enjoy a friend if you don't seek God, you don't know God and you don't enjoy God And so you can actually come to church your whole life and never get past stage one And so when you hear the preacher it's It's not what God do you have for me? It's arguments and I get it I mean we're in a very weird situation in our, in our world where people that some people have looked up to for a long time we find out skeletons are in their closet and that's sad and it's sad and you know if it's if, if it's the pope if it's the pastor if it's the preacher I get it but I'm telling you if you don't come to the table and you don't eat we all will be there you can't talk about eating and not eat. You can't come to church and not enjoy God. You're not coming here for a lecture. You're coming here for an encounter. And, and it's up to you. Like, I, I, I can't do that for you, but I have to do it for me. Amen? Don't be mad at me. Do you enjoy it and have moments where you know he is in, ha, inhabiting the praises of his people and you have feel his presence and you you have come to the place where you enjoy time with him or is reading the bible spiritual homework and it's like someone's twisting your arm and it's laced with legalism and you feel bad if you don't do it but you don't feel good when you Actually come to church your whole life and miss the whole point your will has to die and so as we end today my heart is that you you chew on this you chew on it but today is there anybody that would say I need to change from my will to his will and I don't want to be Cain who's had conversation with God But I never submitted my life. I never changed what I wanted to give or what I wanted to do. And I am telling you that you were stuck and you don't even know it. So come on all over this place. Come on, let's just invite the presence of God to begin to touch our lives. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the House website. We hope you have a great week.